Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I am joined today by Coach Christine Hinton. Welcome, Christine. Oh, thank you very much. I always love co-hosting. Oh, I love having you on the show. So, <laughs> so Christine, per usual, please share a recent success story or two from a woman you coach. Well, you know, and, and I'm going to cheat a little bit here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a woman I coach, uh-huh. but it is a mother runner. It's my older sister, Angela. Oh, nice. She, um, and, and what made me think of her uh, uh, as far as sharing something was because we're going to be talking about backpacker runners today. Mm-hmm. And um, she's a back of the packer. Oh, interesting. And Yes. And sometimes occasionally we'll all do family runs on different vacations. And, and, um, and one July 4th years ago, we were running a 5k, a local 5k. And she was, maybe there was like five or six people and she was in that last group of, you know, five or six people and they're coming towards the finish line. And the two people behind her, she heard them say, let's get that lady. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was like literally like 200 yards from the finish line. And all of a sudden, she heard that and she started sprinting. Like, I have never <laughs> seen any woman sprint in my life. <laughs> so I always joke. I'm like, and it was hysterical. We were yelling. Everybody's yelling because, you know, everybody was there at this uh-huh. point. My family's uh-huh. all at the, you know, she was last. <laughs> but she didn't want to be dead last. So she nice. was like third to last. So she didn't let those two people get her. Um, but yeah, that was a really, when we still talk about that, how, how we didn't know that she had that turnover. Nice. Nice. Oh my gosh. And then, and then, but then after it was over, did she say something to those people? Like, did she say, I wasn't going, Oh, really? Yeah. She didn't say anything. She, she's like, those two people behind me said they wanted to catch me and I didn't want them to. So (laughs) (laughs) funny what motivates you. I was about to say, whatever it takes, it got the, Yeah, that was pretty funny. And then she was really sore the next day, too. So, Oh, that's that's funny. (laughs) And and speaking of family success, I hope that's not a spoiler alert, because I want you to tell us how your 48 hour ultra marathon went. Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks ago now. Yeah, because I know that you reached your goal of covering 105 miles and then some. Yes, I did. Um, It turned out to be, uh, you know, a great, great event. Enjoyed it very much. Um, Made it to 106 in about 31 hours. I haven't looked at all the splits yet because I've been so busy. But um, and and so at that point, I took a long. Well, I don't know if I can call it a nap because it was hours. (laughs) I went to bed, basically. Uh Uh And uh, and then when I woke up, um, there was still an hour left. Oh and uh, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get up and walk. And I, wa- I walked three more miles just oh to kind of uh, loosen up. And, of course, that then counted towards the total. So my total for um, for the for the event was 109 miles. Wait, so I have to ask because I've done the, sure. the very basic math. You're not telling me that you slept for 17 hours, are you? Like, I or 16 a- hours? Yeah. So if, okay, no, let me think. Okay, so if I finished at 31, hour, I hit 106 at 31 hours. Uh-huh. So I think I slept like 11 hours. Would oh that be gosh. right? 31, 31, something like that. And then I, you know, then I had some, I had eight and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I slept, I mean, I basically went to bed because I was done. At that moment when I finished, uh-huh. I did, I did the 105 and I thought, all right, I'm going to put a nail in it with 106. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm going to bed. I ate, I cleaned up. 
and uh-huh. I laid down and went to bed. And, and if I hadn't have woken up with an hour to go, I would have, that would have been it. But, yeah. uh, but just because I did happen to wake up and I thought, oh, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Get back out there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But but don't so get sweaty. Just, just walk. Yeah. And, yes. I mean, it was total. Yes. It was. A, and I was actually kind of chilly. It was cold because it was still early in the morning, but it was actually, it, it turned out to be a good thing because it helped, you know, kind of loosen me up and everything. Yeah. But I do have a funny, a funny little thing I have to tell you, Sarah, that I've been saving to tell Ooh, you. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and now you're going to share with everybody or do you just want to whisper it in my ear <laughs> so every, so i'm this is a mile loop yes and every mile um the first mile i hit i saw uh what i thought was a penny oh on gosh. the ground oh my gosh and i looked at it and i was like oh there might be a penny on the ground so the next time i came around i looked for it and i stopped i bent over and it wasn't it was like this it was, ended up being like a band-aid but somehow it looked like a penny <laughs> okay so I went around 109 times and I saw that band-aid 109 times and 109 times I thought of you. <laughs> oh, I'm very touched. I'm very touched. <laughs> so there you go. You were on my brain. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. That is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> it's amazing what can, it's amazing what can masquerade as change. You know, it's, yes. it's the bird, bird poop. It's the, you know, pop top from like a, um, an orange juice, you know, container yeah. or something like that. And yes. it's like, no, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of coppery colored leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I thought about you a lot. I felt it. I felt it. I saw it. I was like, Sarah. Well, particularly it's Pavlovian because maybe like for the first 18 or so miles you thought of me and then you're like, okay, I'm not going to think of Sarah there. I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) So then it turned into a joke in my own head and I was cracking up. But anyway, yeah. So overall it was a great experience. Um, I'm hoping to maybe put together a little, you know, blog about it or something but we'll we'll see but yeah Yeah. but all in all it's fairly uneventful you know I got the miles in and uh you know all in all did did, did great so and and you got a cute picture of you with Jeff uh. Yes, <laughs> we survived. Uh-huh. <laughs> we survived. Yeah, he's a good, good guy. He, uh, it, it's actually really funny. I, um, so where we set up, we had, we had two people on either side of us, one with a camper and one with oh. a tent, uh-huh. and um, there were two older ladies. Uh-huh. One was there with her husband, and one was there with her daughter. Uh-huh. So he was with these two really chatty <laughs> older ladies. <laughs> the whole time oh my gosh so they're probably like oh how long have you been dating uh-huh, yeah what are your plans what are your intentions young man it was hysterical but on another note too though the lady one of the older ladies the really chatty one her husband who was 77 broke the 48 hour world record wow. by covering 142 miles i believe it was oh my gosh um, yeah in 48 hours. Wow. 77. Yeah. Crazy, oh my, huh? That is crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Wow. Wow. And and do you have a sense of how much, like, did he just, you know, surpass it by a mile or two? Did he blow it out of the water with like 20 miles? Like a mile or two over. Okay. He's, he's yeah. Yeah. He, he, I think he was averaging about three miles an hour for most of the, most of the time. So it wasn't going fast, but he was just, he yeah, didn't stop. He, he didn't has, stop that, that man has stamina. Yep, it was pretty crazy. So. Yeah, no Viagra so for now, him. So, uh-huh. so I tell him, you know, that, that uh, he witnessed a world record. So. Oh, that's awesome. 
he's like, yeah, thanks. And <laughs> there was a big price um, to pay for it. But I... <laughs> So speaking of races, yeah. you got to see a race? I did. I did. It was uh, my fifth anniversary emceeing the Happy Girls Bend race. Bend, Oregon is a lovely um, city out in central Oregon in the high desert, which um, I had never known existed till the first time I went to Bend, that there is such a thing as a high desert. I didn't, I didn't know that either. What yeah. does that mean? Uh, so it means, you know, it's a desert-like environment with sagebrush and low moisture typically, um, but at a high elevation. I know that we were in a, um, we stayed in a town outside of Bend called Sun River and I went for a run. So afterwards I looked up what the elevation was and the elevation there was 41, a little over 4,100. So I would assume Bend is, um, kind of right around there. And there was, um, there was a lot of, um, volcanic activity way back when. So there's, um, tons of lava rock and, um, a cinder cone, but then off in the distance, you can see really beautiful snow covered mountains and there's a really great ski resort out there called Mount Bachelor. And um, so it's just, a, it's an interesting city and, and it has cute downtown and good restaurants and really good, really amazing beers. And um, so, yeah. And um, so anyway, so I go, so every Memorial Day, I get to go out there with my family and emcee this Happy Girls race, which is an all women's race. And um, it's just super duper fun. And as it won't be any surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast that I say pretty much whatever comes into my head. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I used to, you know, they give me a script. Uh-oh. They can, no, they, they, oh my gosh. They, they, so they give me a script and you know, I thank the sponsors every so often and say the messages that they want to be said. But I mean, when people are coming to the finish line, you know, I just am like, Oh yeah, here comes, you know, Kelly Clark from Ashland. She's ripping it up, you know, or whatever. And, and so all this stuff, but, but then I got a little wonky and there was this one woman whose last name was stalker and oh, she no. and she was by herself because um it's not a huge race so there's a lot of times where you only have one or two finishers or sometimes just one and so okay. i'm like and here comes christine stalker she's not following anybody and, <laughs> and, and it was totally meant to be a joke and i couldn't hear anyone laughing and i'm like oh my gosh that sounds like such a rude comment like that she's by herself and that you know oh she's slower so there's no one near her and everything and then afterwards so and so and another mother runner has a booth there that um, our pal Ann was um, working at and Jack jumped in for a little while to help sell and, and our friend Krista. And um, so, uh, but there was a vendor right next to her um, right next to our booth that was selling these really cute hats. And she was like, you were cracking me up. That stalker comment. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank goodness someone got the joke. <laughs> someone got the joke, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's yeah. really funny. Yeah, so, um, so it's just really fun. And, you know, sometimes people will come up to me and be like, you know, oh, you know, the woman who's coming in next, you know, you know, Barbara Lambert, you know, she's it's her birthday tomorrow. Make sure you, you know, could you say Aww. something for her? And so it's, nice. a, you know, it's a size race where you can say something like that. It's and personal. Yeah. It sounds it, very yeah. yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. And it was good practice because uh, this uh, we're recording this on May 31st and this coming weekend, I will be at Zuma Annapolis and emceeing for them as well. So I'm oh, all... I didn't know that. Yeah, Sarah? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I guess I forgot to tell you. I'm going you're to be in be, Annapolis. You're going to be near me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, bring, bring your sunscreen and your 
bottle of water because it's like hot and humid Uh, that's oh goodness gracious yeah so um i mean it's gonna be it's it's hot here in portland today so at least i'll get a little acclimated but yeah my um saying with my best friend from high school she lives in chevy chase and so she texted me this morning and said make sure you bring your swimsuit (laughs) i'm like oh definitely um yeah it got hot quick here oh yeah yeah as it is wont to do there in in you know yep. that part of the country but so yeah so then the happy girls race that's part of our i do all their i emcee all their races so there's one in sisters oregon in november but then in september there is happy girls spokane that is part of the retreat and hey. so yeah so i will be emceeing the race that um any and all of the retreat participants who want to do that race so oh my gosh yeah that is gonna be fun yeah it is really fun. and please by that point i'll have like a whole shtick of you know material I to work from <laughs> so any retreat goers we're gonna get some special special words special shout outs yeah i'm oh, a little I... scared if you have an odd last name watch out right, right. <laughs> if your last name is stalker don't come to the retreat <laughs> um but oh my gosh so i i you know i i take the the task very seriously and um like i want to do a really good job and so my friend krista was running it and she um was the one who was on one of the three women on the found change um podcast just recently mm-hmm. she's the one who runs for every mother counts and so and krista had given me a ride out there we'd had a really great time she often helps stuff the swag packets for our train like a mother club i mean krista's awesome and she's integral part of another mother runner so i really you know special emphasis i was already so twice i looked down to my phone to instagram something during the race like i'd taken these pictures of these two women who finished the 10k and were wearing really cool shorts oh my gosh so one runner by that point is just about to step across the finish line and i look at the screen and it's krista and i was like ah! like <laughs> to give this whole preamble this whole you know like hey any change there can look you know all this stuff and i'm like oh my gosh so um to my apologies so to MC, krista you gotta be yeah you gotta be on top of you gotta be on it and have someone else yeah. handle your social media because just the, right. the two cannot coexist no multi-text no multi-texting taxing whatever. yeah exactly yeah 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 so lesson learned so um yes yeah so it was a ton of fun so speaking of races, and you alluded to our topic today, uh, today we're exploring how it feels to finish at or near the back of a race. And we'll be joined in succession by three women who bring up the rear in races and interspersed throughout our conversation will be voice memos from other women talking about their experiences crossing the finish line a good while after the winners. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. Our first back of packer is Donna Lehman, who I most recently saw at the Boston Marathon Expo. She and her husband had come down from their home in New Hampshire to peruse the scene. Welcome, Donna. Welcome. I mean, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for welcoming me. I feel great. Good, good. So, Donna, tell us a little bit about yourself, like how many kids you have, um, where in New Hampshire you live, what you do for work, that sort of thing. Uh, I have a son who is 26, and he no longer lives at home, so it's my husband and I, Uh and we moved to New Hampshire a couple of years ago because it's our dream, Mm -hmm. and we had lived in Indiana, so Indiana was great for running because it was flat, (laughs) and now I live in New Hampshire, which is not, uh, but it's wonderful. I live in Wolfboro, New Hampshire, and I'm really one town away from your friend Phoebe, so that's fun, Uh and we have a very nice uh, group of people around. I meet runners all the time. I am a special education director, which makes my life uh, really 
I solve problems every day. That's all I do all day long. So this time of year is especially stressful. So it's good to talk about something else. Nice, nice. And so speaking of something else, tell us a little bit about your running history, like how long you've been running, how'd you get started and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I started running um, with this pack just a few years ago, but like I'm 55, so I'm just going to get that out there because when I talk about being in college, it's like a few years back. So like all of us uh, in our 20s and 30s, we want to get fit. We want to exercise and stay in shape. So I did a lot of uh, running back and forth uh, with friends. You'd run through the park. And I lived in San Francisco right after college, and I decided that I was going to run there. Again, another nice flat place to run. Um but I had a friend. You're, jo- you're joking, or did you live in the marina or something? Why do you call San Francisco flat? <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, sarcasm. Yes, so. very good. Okay. <laughs> Talking to an East Coaster. I've, all right. We got sarcasm on the show. <laughs> so after um, I, I lived there, I had a friend who ran, and so she said, let's run this Bonnie Bell 10K. This will be a lot of fun. So we trained. We'd get up early. We would run through Golden Gate Park. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked at a place that was a recreation center for folks with disabilities. And the day before, they got this big shipment from Nike, and we all got free shoes. So I thought, (laughs) I'll wear my new shoes for this race. So when I peeled them off my feet after the 10K and, you know, put my blistered feet into ice. And and when you peeled them off, you took a layer of skin with it. Uh (laughs) Yes, I sure did. So that was my first race ever. And then when you live in San Francisco, you have to run beta breakers. And I ran that more or less serious or not serious a couple of times. But I really wasn't um, a real runner in terms of feeling like I had a commitment to doing it for my mental and physical health until 2012. Mm-hmm. I had lost some weight, and Allison Taylor nice. uh, follows you, uh-huh. and uh, she went to high school with me. So oh, right, she kept... right. It's all coming back to me now. Yeah. So she kept mentioning your books, and I thought, well, what is this thing, this another mother runner thing. (laughs) And I thought I might want to run. I'd lost some weight. So there was a virtual 5k that started in January one year. And uh, I guess you were taking names for people you might want to train. So I threw my name in and it turned out to be just kind of a group thing. And I just got hooked. So I had to run and then I had to, you know, check in and, and tell people what I did. And um, from there, I've just kind of been a part of this group and uh, run three half marathons since then and a 5k and a a couple of 10ks and I amazingly have never won (laughs) (laughs) not many people say they've won a race so (laughs) so but but when you so but when you say when you had told us you are back of the pack runner like in a typical race where do you finish so in a typical race, I finish uh, probably in the bottom third. Mm-hmm. Um, my age group, depending on, you know, when you get older, you get into these great age groups where there's not as many people. But I'm probably in the bottom third of my age group. Sometimes I've been in the bottom, in the top half mm-hmm. of my age group. Um, my marathons were all three very, my half marathons were all three very different races. And when I went back and compared the times, they're all within two minutes of each other. Oh, interesting. So, yep. And they're all over three hours, but not much. Mm-hmm. Okay. 307, 308, 309. So um, I, when I was younger and fitter in my 30s, I ran a race that was a five-mile race, kind of out of the blue, decided I wanted to do this. 
And I ran 11 minute miles at that point. And now I'm around 13, Mm -hmm. although I'm doing the heart rate training. So just make that a little slower. Mm -hmm. Although that's actually my perfect pace, the heart rate training, I think. So So anyway, when I ran that race, uh, my my roommate took pictures and I'm racing down the street at the end, this five mile race in in the (laughs) mid 90s. And the guys are all standing around drinking their beer in the pictures. (laughs) I'm alone. That's great. I'm alone on the street, but I will say I beat the walker. Hey, there you go. The walker, the one walker. <laughs> well, that was so, a while ago. So, you know, t- let's let's talk about a recent race maybe where uh, where um, you were more in the back of the pack. Were the volunteers starting to pick up the cones behind you, or did you see the race official car coming up behind? <laughs> you know, I did, um, I did the team and training uh, Nike DC half a couple of years ago in 2014 and I raised money for that really had a lot of fun and you get to know people because you're on this team which is one of the things I liked about it I don't have a lot of friends who run so I met a woman who had had like bariatric surgery and she was going to run and she was afraid that the car would pick her up and I Mm -hmm. thought well this car is not going to pick me up I am running this way (laughs) but uh I ran that slow and steady and you know what I had a really good time and the race car did not pick me up Yay, um, so you beat the car. See, there's always something that gets beat here. <laughs> yes. So at the end of that race, I mean, people were texting me during that race. I high-fived everybody on the route. I had a great time running through D.C. It was beautiful. I touched, you know, every hand on the Georgetown band, you know, which was great. But um, at the end, at the I'm at the finish line. People were texting me, are you almost done yet? And my son called me, and I said, <laughs> I just finished this race. I am tired. He goes, look to your left. I'm standing to your left. Aww. You know, he had come he lives nearby so he had come for the finish line so that made it great and three hours made it perfect for him to get his stuff done in the morning so. <laughs> oh my goodness he had you're, plenty of time to get, get his chores done and you're so you're so it. thoughtful he didn't have to wake up early or anything to get there to see you <laughs> yeah that is so true funny. That cracks me up. Okay. oh my gosh oh my gosh so and but i mean kind of what when you finish i mean what is the finish area like you know are they are have they run out of bagels and bananas are they taking down the balloons you know kind of describe what it what the scene is like when you come in toward the end of a race so the Train Like a Mother half, uh, the Train Like a Mother Club race I just did for the 13.1 challenge was the Wallace Sands Half Marathon. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, my running was great. My uh, plethora of potty stops was not. Oh, boy. So that put me that put me later. But that was the first race I think that I've run that I really realized, wow, I'm really back here. Like, no one's here. Mm. And I ran with two friends around the first corner. I waved to them and I said, Had a, have a great race. Mm. And they were they were done about an hour before me. They're mm. much younger. Mm-hmm. I, d- I did have to make sure that uh, their mothers were older than I when I ran with them. Because <laughs> I, was, I was not about to be older than their mothers. But, um, you know, when I turned that last corner, it was kind of like I, I like to save energy for the end. And I was I'm racing down and there's really... Like there was no one there but my friends and there was two little kids standing there. So, of course, I have to stop and high five the kids. Right. (laughs) That is the point. The whole point is is doing the race. It's having some fun and, Mm -hmm. you know, greeting them. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I finished. But, yes, it was the first time like all the great food they publicized gone, Mm. you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind, and not that I wanted to eat, because I remember I did the tour of potty stops, including one in a construction site on oh my run. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
Uh, but I think actually my time would have been much better without the potty stop. So I'm going to count that as maybe less than three hours. Okay. So um, speaking of time, I mean, are you looking to improve your pace, improve your race times, or is it kind of just finishing the race and high-fiving your way down? Is that just kind of the name of the game? You know what? It's a little bit of both. I would like to be faster. I have some uh, some plantar issues, and I saw a PT in the fall, and he encouraged me to keep running. I guess he figures the 55-year-old woman who wants to run, he can't say, you know, you really shouldn't because, you know, you have to move. You have to keep moving. So um, I said to him, maybe you can help me lengthen my stride because that's something I feel like if, if I could do that, if I could have longer legs, I'm yeah. five foot four. So if I can stretch my legs, you know, that would be great. And he said, oh, no, you need to keep your feet right under your hips because yeah, that way, right. you know, that's you won't right. bother the plantar. And yeah. Well, thanks, Kevin. Kevin's great PT. He's awesome. But um, I wanted him to maybe stretch my legs or something. So. <laughs> put you on the put you on the rack, and then <laughs> I like to get faster. Well, he encouraged me to do that. I live in a small town, very small town here in New Hampshire, and he encouraged me to do this turkey trot, which was a 5K in November. Mm-hmm. And when I got to the starting line, I thought I'm going to be last in this race. Mm-hmm. Like I looked around and I thought. I'm going to be last. And it was a 5K, so I figured I can do almost anything. So I hung with the pack. You know, the 65-year-old woman next to me, uh, we did okay together until she passed me. But, um, you know, I'm running this race, and I was so proud of myself because I'd been through this PT. And this this kid kind of backs up. You know, I'm running, he kind of backs up to me, and, and he says, hey, just visualize a cup of coffee at the finish line. Oh, it's the cutest thing, but it's like I wanted to say, "Son, I'm slow, and I could run all day like this." But a cup of coffee is not going to get me moving much faster. So you, but you thank- must have looked like a coffee drinker to him. <laughs> well, he he did ask. He said, "Do you like coffee?" Like, if you just think about it. I mean, he was really cute. Like, I wasn't going to make it. A 5K. I was going to make a 5K if I had to drag myself, you know, oh, but that, wow, that's um, the distance wasn't a problem. But those are the kind of things you feel like I must look like I'm really not going to make it or I must, you know, <laughs> look like I'm in the back. But, you know, I, I'm in education. So we do a lot of work with um, Carol Dweck, who talks about kids mindset and that a lot of our kids go, I can't do it. I give up. And what we're trying to teach kids is I can't do it yet. And so I kind of want to, I don't think there's anything wrong with being an example for our, our girls and our daughters. I don't have one, but maybe a daughter-in-law at some point, Mm -hmm. but for, I can't do it yet. I'll get there, you know? So yes, Christine, I want to get faster. And I'm hoping this heart, this heart race, uh, the heart race plan helps with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really feel like I'm going to burn out anytime soon in terms of my engine, but, um, consistency is key. So if you have any advice on how to get like a little bit speedier and still enjoy the ride, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we might have to say that for yeah another podcast, but yeah, I mean, with the heart rate training, I think the philosophy kind of is you go slow to go fast eventually. So, but but um, but Christine, what are maybe? I mean, when I was thinking when Donna was saying she wants to stretch out her stride, my thought was no 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 take. Right. Quick, quicker, yeah, no, quicker, I, faster steps. And that, yeah. that, you know, sometimes, you know, thinking about like, okay, I'm going to run a minute where I try to get in 90 steps per foot. Yes. Well, you definitely can work on cadence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're, the ideal cadence at a race pace is about 180. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are drills and um, little, if you have a Garmin watch or some sort of watch that gives you your cadence counts, or if you don't, you can just count in a minute. 
um, try to roughly get 90 footfalls per foot. And that does require sometimes shortening your stride a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So and, and, and definitely want to land underneath you and, and think more turnover rather than stretching your stride out. Because once you start stretching and reaching for that stride, then you start heel striking, which, you know, could create mm-hmm. a whole whole load of other problems um but yeah that's that's actually i like that sarah that you know you can work on on speed without necessarily having to go into you know sprints or any kind of anaerobic type of stuff um but yeah yeah because i mean yeah because when i when i get uh, and they're really short bursts you know so it'll be just doing like five one minute pieces in a run or something like that with you know i don't know Christine could speak better this, but you know, three minute re- recovery in between, you know, kind of easing off on your on your pace. But I mean, when I have to do that, I just it's like suddenly the road runner is in me because yeah. I, it's like zoop off I go without well, trying because I'm just like oh, I gotta get up to ninety on my right foot. <laughs> yes, and you know, on, on in the um, in NK, MK's program, they do the pickups. Um, mm-hmm at the end of, I guess, one, at the end of every mile on one of the runs per week, that'd probably be the best time to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds During good. Yeah. yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Well, I, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I guess I just, you know, I guess that turkey trot was the first time I ever thought I could actually be the dead last in a race. Mm-hmm. And at first I felt like it was horror. Like, oh my gosh, I could be the last one. It's like, what are you talking about? You're running. You're yeah. here. You're doing this. It's okay to be the last one. Mm-hmm. And somebody said to me, one of the mother runners said, left a comment, because I did. I felt that weird sense like, oh, no, I could be last. Well, somebody's going to be last. Might as well be me, you know, sometimes. <laughs> but they said running is like a mullet. It's all business in the front and the party's in the back. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Sarah, there's a shirt. There's I know. A shirt. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I said that to a lot of people. Between potty stops, I am in my last half. I did pass a lot of people several times because of my multiple stops. So I'd always yell at them, the party's still in the back. The party's still in the back. So That is great. I love that. Uh, I tell you, Donna, I think you need to get more people back there because you're making it a party all on its own. So all on your own. So well done. Um, <laughs> well, it was awesome talking with you, Donna. And... Um, Good luck in your upcoming races. Great talking with you too. Have a great day. Thanks, Christine. Thank you. Well, speaking of finishing dead last, here is a story from Amy when she finished as the very, very last person in her debut marathon. Hello, my name is Amy Cordero, and I'm from Vieira, Florida. I am going to share about the time I came in dead last in the Space Coast Marathon here on the space coast of Florida. Well, I was so excited to be running my first marathon. I had my whole family there, my parents, my sisters, my brothers, their kids, grandkids, my husband and kids, friends. I mean, I was, talk about support. I had a lot of support. I was doing great up until mile 18 and I hit the wall bad and I could not run any faster. In fact, I was practically hobbling and all of the walkers were passing me by because I'm already a slow runner. I'm always a back of the packer, but this time I could not even shuffle. So I kept thinking about my daughters waiting for me at the Uh, finish line and how I was doing this race to prove to them that they could do anything they set their hearts on 
Uh, and I remember when the last woman who was walking passed me by, how I started to cry, thinking of how I had let everyone down. But I kept going. And when I got to that finish line, you would think that I had won the race. I had all the volunteers, all my family and friends cheering me, clapping, and I hobbled in and they placed that medal on me and my daughters were so excited. You would have thought I won the, the marathon. And I, I, you know what? I thought it would be a horrible feeling to come in last, but I'm just so proud that I did it and my girls saw me do it. And this next message comes from Lisa, a longtime member of the Another Mother Runner tribe. I really appreciate that Lisa highlights the pros as well as the cons of being one of the last runners to finish a race. Hi, ladies. It's Lisa from Connecticut. I've been following Sarah and Dimity ever since your first book came out and was able to meet both of you several times. Um, I started running about 10 years ago. My fastest minute per mile in a race was probably an 11-minute mile, and that was right when I started running, so I've been getting slower ever since then. My most memorable, in a bad way, back-of-the-pack finish was the Hartford Marathon in 2013. I was woefully undertrained, so that did not help matters. They had um, taken down the directional signs while a bunch of people were still out on the course. My husband guided me in with the Find My iPhone app. Um, a, gr- a group of the back of the Packers actually went um, way off course and did their first ultra at 30 miles. When I finished, the finish line was being taken down. They had run out of medals. The um, Volunteers are very disgruntled, and I could not blame them. It's a very long day for them. There were random scraps of food left in cardboard boxes at the side of the finish line. Um, on the flip side of that, I think I was one of the last place finishers at the Dennis Road Race on Cape Cod one August, and you would have thought I had won the race. The crowd was so supportive and encouraging, and it really made me feel good. It was one of the best back of the pack racing experiences I've had. Um, the, the good thing is that everyone at the back of the pack is very supportive and encouraging. I've made friends back there. Nobody is there to beat you or um, cut you down or anything like that. And I don't think you really could find that at the front of the pack. Thanks, ladies. Take care. Bye. Now we want to welcome Rachel Franco. Hi, Rachel. Hi, everyone. So, Rachel, tell us a bit about yourself, where you live, how many kids you have, if you work outside the home, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, I live in Minnesota in a suburb uh, about five minutes out of St. Paul mm-hmm. um, on a beautiful running trail called the Gateway Trail, which mm-hmm. uh, I'm very lucky to live there. I have um, two teenage daughters, um, 15, almost 16, and then 12, almost 13. So God bless life... you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks. I feel um, you. I got one myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, both are very active children, hockey, softball, volleyball. Um, so I'm busy. They're constantly dictating my schedule these days. So There you go. And I do work out of the home. I work full time um, and um, I work for a nonprofit in St. Paul. So there you have it. I'm 41 years old. I'll be 42 in November. So 
I like that you had to. I like that you had to pause. You're like, and and how no, no. old am I? <laughs> think about that. See, that's what happens when you're over forty. You got to think for a minute. <laughs> yeah, you do. So, Rachel, how long have you been running? How'd you get started? So, I joined a little uh, a local running group back in 2008 of October, um, <clears throat> and I've been running since then. Um, I've run a full marathon, uh, grandmas, and I've done three to four halves. A couple 10 miles, 5Ks, 10Ks, they're all of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice. And, and yeah. what's it? What's a typical race like for you? Like- uh, long. <laughs> um, <laughs> no matter the distance, it's long. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, what exactly do you, I mean. Like, so where, where do you finish? I mean, what, you know, like how, what's your, you know, oh, average pace, okay. that sort of thing. My, so I average anywhere between 14 to 15 minute miles an hour. My first marathon and only at this point, uh, was a six and a half hour marathon. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, my 10 miles are usually 220, 225 halves between 245, three. It just depends on how quick I'm running, how bad, how well I've trained and, um, the weather and all that other stuff. But I typically, for all intents and purposes, I am a back of the pack runner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so as a back of the pack runner, when you're finishing the race, you come across the finish line. Is there any kind of downside you think at all? Or, or, or is it okay that some of the participants may have already headed home and showered or, you know, maybe there's not all the supplies left anymore or. Yeah, I would say, um, depending on the race for most most of the races I've been in, they're big enough races. Um, I, uh, I almost always will pick a race where there's either a longer distance involved so that I am not, um, yeah. (laughs) So that there's usually, uh, either marathoners still in the course or half marathoners. Um, but I will say in the few that I have, um, finished at the end, or late, there's almost mm-hmm. always somebody there. Um, there's usually a crowd there. Uh, again, I, I try to be very, um, I always check races to see, you know, when did the last person finish, you know, how many people will usually be around me, that sort of thing. That I take that into right. consideration when I sign so up do, for a race. Do, yeah, so you do a little bit of homework. I really like the idea of picking a 10K with a half marathon or picking the half marathon when there's also a, a marathon involved. That way you're not completely last <laughs> oh that's clever yeah, no. oh i didn't yeah. understand that that was your point yeah. that's incredibly clever yeah yeah it's very oh, smart oh yeah, yeah very so smart. that's kind of what i try to do yeah oh, yeah yeah because then unless you look at somebody's bib you don't know whether they're at mile 11 or mile right. 18 oh i get it right now. So yeah. then if you finish yeah. your half marathon in three hours, you're just coming in with the very first marathon or so there's plenty yes. of plenty of bananas <laughs> and water. <laughs> yes. Yep. Or wheelchairs, whatever. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of options there. <laughs> yeah. That's a great tip. That's like, a, that's a winning tip. I think. I know. I know. And, Thank you. And, and you, um, and so you can tell that by, you know, looking at the, um, race websites, or do you also sometimes like go on marathonguide.com and kind of see like what people's average finish time is? Yep. I mean, how do you do your research? Yep. I typically, if I'm going to sign up for a race and I, um, I will always go and see what the previous finisher results are, mm-hmm. um, just to see, you know, are there five people that ended, you know, at my time or are there 50, um, mm-hmm. that will, uh, that makes a difference to me. Um, 
just so that I, you know, I don't mind being one of the few out there. I'm used to that. But if I can prevent being one of the few left, I'd yeah. like to so do you'd that. Rather but... have a, yeah. Yeah. A little group together at least. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And do you, do you yeah. find that you make friends or, you know, start up conversations with people back there or because maybe you're finishing next to the guy who's going to win the race of the, win the marathon that you're in the half? Like how does, what's yeah. the mood and ambiance? ambiance a word people often associate with races <laughs> races in French um, restaurants <laughs> right I think by the end of most of the races we're all just trying to finish and finish strong mm-hmm. so you know for me I if I can get somebody to be you know good job keep going you know sort of play off of that and um, usually at that point um there are enough finishers that are walking towards me that are, you know, you know, saying, good job, you're almost there, that sort of thing. So that helps to have that motivation, even if I can't get it for the people next to me, I'm getting it from the people that are walking back to their cars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think, I think they're in Minnesota. I mean, you know, there is a lot of truth to the phrase Minnesota nice. And I guess, and and I get a sense, you know, and Dimity's from Minnesota. So we, so I know that firsthand. So, um, but also I I just think that they're, I don't know. I feel that Minnesota is a state that really, it has a lot of running runners. It has a really a community and um, like a proud community. that's very supportive of each other. And so that there, to me, there would be a sense that um, in a state like Minnesota, you're going to get people who, who stick around and cheer for people. And things like that, you know, whereas if you're in a state... I would that, agree. Yeah, this, you know, I think there's some states that don't have a real rich running culture. And so there's fewer people at them and they're kind of just like, oh, okay, I'm out of here. You know, my, my race is done. And I don't know, we... Um, I have to say we have our new Minnesota state tees, you know, our, our Bammer Minnesota shirts, and they are outselling any other state shirt we have. So, really? Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I've had, that's the only shirt I've had to reorder. And I'm like, yeah, all those runners in Minnesota. So, oh, I, that's I, fun. so, uh, so Rachel, to that end, have you, have you traveled to away races and since there's a difference? Or I, I know you said your marathon was grandma's, which is in Duluth. Yeah. Right. Correct. Um, no, I have not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be it, something, it would have to be the right, you know, the right race, the right amount of people, that sort of thing, if I did ever travel. Because what you just said about running a race with few people and not a lot, that's like a nightmare run to me. So no, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I, 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 I'm not, I don't feel comfortable running when I know people are waiting for me, if I run with other friends and I know they're going to finish, it just adds a little extra pressure on me that I don't prefer. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> uh, most races I will just run for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe you need to sign up for the half and have a friend sign up for the marathon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A fast friend sign up yeah. and then, yes. <laughs> then you don't have a very long yeah. wait at the end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And, uh, think- go ahead, Rachel. I was going to say, thankfully, my husband's gotten into running. And so obviously, I don't mind that he's waiting. Um, But there's been a couple of races where he's run and he's finished before me. And that, you know, it's helpful to me just to know that he's there waiting for me. So yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So but in your training runs, do you run with a group often? Or are you a solo runner? So when I first started running, um, I did join um, a local running group. And I there was a um, a woman who ran right around my pace. And that is how I trained 
for my half and my full. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was great, but now I, now I don't run, um, with a group and I, I, I enjoy the solo runs, but I, for me, I feel like it's hard to find a pay, a group that for lack of a better word, caters to people who don't run, you know, eight, nine, mm-hmm. 10 minute miles. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be great if there was something around here and I've done, I, I've looked into it and, um, but I haven't really found anything that I thought would be a good fit for me. So, mm-hmm. well, we do. I do have to say we have a strong contingency of pals in the St. Paul area. Um, uh, Joe, yeah. and Amy, ZP, all uh, who I think are probably listening to the podcast, and I know their brains are probably like whirring as to being like, "Oh, okay, I know who she can run with." And so, yeah. so Good. don't so don't be surprised if somebody reaches out to you. <laughs> they were that would be awesome. Yeah, they were a posse who were. I think- who were at our retreat last year and, and they are very oh. group oriented and just really lovely with their spirit mm-hmm. and their enthusiasm oh. for, for running. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, that is certainly a big reason why I won't go for another marathon or another half marathon. I just, you know, I mean, I know you, you're well aware of the benefit of having a, a best running friend or, mm-hmm. you know, someone to meet you at 5.00 AM on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have that right now and I don't have anyone motivating me. And, um, that is super preventing me from wanting to do a long distance just cause I, I don't want to spend, I will spend four hours running 20 miles on a Saturday and I don't want to do it by myself. You know, mm-hmm. we, we need to find you a BRF. Oh, I think, I think this yeah. is, a, it's <laughs> matchmaking need, need to, running right here. Say, <laughs> yeah. Do, there needs to be an app for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> yeah. I think until then, you know, tweet to us if you know, tweet to at the mother runner if you are um, uh, a like paced and like spirited runner who is in the St. Paul area because I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think that would be great. So, um, so Good. listener, Thank listeners, you. you know, be reach out to us and we will connect you with Rachel and and because uh, as yeah, as I, wouldn't that yeah. be fun? Yeah, match as, made on podcast. Yay. Right. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. And yeah. we send pictures too and tweet them out. I know it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness. Awesome. Well, it was great talking with you, Rachel. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next is a voice memo from Rose, who lives north of Rachel up in Canada. And I absolutely love a line she says. She says, my times might not be great, but I always have a great time. My name is Rose and I live in Barrie, Ontario, Canada. A few years ago, I finished last in a race. It was hot, it was humid, and the race didn't start until noon. Not a great start. It was crushing to be passed by walkers and accompanied to the finish by the cleanup crew, but I finished. Apparently not dead last, as one runner had collapsed on the course and left by ambulance. My confidence definitely took a hit and I ran less and less. Eventually I miss the solitude and solving my world's little problems. I miss the atmosphere of and participating in races. I still worry about finishing last, so I decided to go in races that were more of an event than a race. I stopped worrying about my time and took my time, taking in the sights and sounds of the race. For me, this works. My times may not be great, but I have a great time. Here's an anecdote from Pat, a grandmother runner who describes in wonderfully vivid detail her last place finish. I'm Pat Brockman from San Antonio, Texas, and I'm one of the grandmother runners in this amazing tribe. I can usually complete a half marathon in a respectable time. My PR is 232. But yes, there was a time I came in 
not last, but next to last in a half marathon. It was 2012 at a very fun event in Marathon, Texas, which is a small Texas town of about 500 people. Over 300 people come each October to participate in either the marathon, half marathon, 10K or 5K, and more than 100 of the townspeople volunteer. Though small, it has the distinction of being a Boston qualifier event. You meet up at the Old Gage Hotel, and they take you out on a school bus and drop you off on Highway 385, either 13.1 or 26.2 miles out. My BRF and her husband had chosen to drive to the starting line and unfortunately arrive late. The gun had already sounded, the runners had left, and she still had to use the porta potty. But if you've ever had a really good BRF, you'll understand why I waited. And if there's ever a course when you need someone to run with, it's the marathon to marathon course. It's West Texas beautiful, but barren fields and fences, brushes and cattle with occasional armadillos or wild boar roadkill are the only things to distract you. Seriously, that's it. But we had a happy good time, from the three plus hours it took us to finish, to the picnic afterwards with sandwiches and homemade potato salad made and served by the good people of the town. You have to love a race where the sponsors listed on the back of the cotton t-shirt include the First Baptist Church Sunday School and the senior class of the local high school. After the good meal, we sat on the porch of the beautiful Gage Hotel in their famous rocking chairs, as happy, relaxed, and proud as any of those who had finished before us. I still keep a postcard with a picture of those rocking chairs above my kitchen sink. It makes me smile and remember why I like running. It's not the finishing time that counts, it's the friends that I have made. Our final guest is Kelly Keating Caraway. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. Nice. So, okay, Kelly, tell us a bit of life details about yourself, such as where you live and what you do for work. Okay, so I um, was born and raised in New Jersey, and I'm a true Jersey girl. I love everything Bon Jovi and the beach. Um, (laughs) I am actually a Weight Watchers leader, which is um, how I got into running, because I lead about 15 meetings a week and interact with tons of people on various different stages of their weight loss journey. And people kept saying that they were running to lose weight and that they were running and that they were running. And I'm like, what is this running thing? (laughs) So I thought, well, if these people who are in the process of losing weight are runners, then why can't I, who had already lost about 40 pounds, give this whole thing a try? So I um, had owned a pair of sneakers that I probably hadn't worn in about three years. So they definitely were not the right sneakers, but I put them on one day and ran a mile-ish and then signed up for a four-mile race because why would you do a 5K first? That just seems silly. So (laughs) I signed up for a four-mile race and cried when I crossed the finish line because it was the Aww. hardest thing I've never I've ever done in my entire life and um, I've kind of never looked back I just ran my eighth half marathon and I'm oh, training wow. for the New York City Marathon oh wow, wow awesome did you get in through the lottery I did because I have entered seven running lotteries and gotten into every one of them no way oh, wow no way you I'm, like, I'm, I'm <laughs> serious winning the lottery has probably cost me about five thousand dollars <laughs> no way wait okay hold on hold on we need to, to, to tease this apart so you're saying that you have entered what'd you say seven lotteries right, so to... i've gotten into the philadelphia broad street uh-huh. 10 miler uh-huh. twice via lottery i got into the nike women's 15k in toronto uh-huh. 
via lottery. I got into the New York City half marathon via lottery. Mm -hmm. I got into the New York City marathon via lottery. And I'm missing some. Uh, no, there's a couple others that oh I gosh. enter the lottery and I think, well, if I get in, then I'm meant wow. to run this race and wow. I get oh. in. So, yeah. So wait, wow. so that, then why, but then do you concurrently then buy actual like lotto tickets? So that's why you say it's cost you money or you're saying that you... Oh no, it's cost me money because I've had to pay for the race and travel and to Toronto to <laughs> and right. run the race and all of that good stuff. Yeah, so winning so you the need, lottery... You yeah, so you need to win the money lottery so that you can keep winning the running lotteries. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, that almost rhymes. I like that. Uh. <laughs> hard to get out. So, so when you so when you first got started and you first started running because you had heard about it through through your clients, I guess. Um, did you use a training program or did you just kind of kind of go with the flow? Uh, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I just went with the flow and thought if I can run two miles, I can run three and. I ran three and thought, oh, okay, so I can keep going. And then to um, run my first half, um, my husband said, you know, like you're kind of doing okay, but I think you can do a little better with some structure. So um, I signed up with a running class through our local uh, running store uh, oh, and they had a really great half marathon program. Um, and I met some amazing uh, best running friends who I now still run with. So um, I think that that really was when I went from just thinking of myself who someone ran occasionally to actually being a runner. Because mm -hmm. that gotcha. takes a long time to define yourself as that. And I think that was probably the turning point for me. Nice. So Nice, nice. So, Kelly, we know you recently ran a race with your pal, Marianne, who um, I did. people might remember Marianne as one of the two women who did um, shared their journey toward their first marathon with us last fall on our website, anothermotherrunner.com. And, um, and you gals had a race vehicle on your tail from the sounds of it. So, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on our tail. Yeah. On our tail is kind of an understatement. And that wasn't even... Um, the first person that had quote unquote checked up on us. So oh. um, I had run with Marianne. She ran with me when I ran the New York City half and I actually PR'd that race by about a minute. So I was like, oh, Marianne, you're my good luck charm. This was great. This was so much fun. And then um, she said, well, let's do it again. You know, we can be um, half fanatics or something. Let's sign up for this race. And I thought, oh, I don't know. And as someone who's always a back of the pack runner, I often look to see what are the finishing times for people who have mm -hmm. run it in years past to mm -hmm. kind of see where I might fall in that pack. And they were 10 to 12 minutes ahead of my best time. And I oh, thought, okay. I don't know if we can do this. This, And she's like, we'll be fine. Let's just do it. We'll have a great time. And so, and it was a double loop kind of through neighborhoods. And so the good thing was we didn't see a lot of the people who were ahead of us. The bad mm -hmm. thing is that's because they were so far ahead of us. We <laughs> hadn't gotten to the loop by the time they had already passed the loop. So, oh my goodness. Um, at one point, um, you're at about mile 12. You're also turning off to, I think, mile seven. We were turning to mile seven, and volunteers are like, where are you going? What are you doing? Oh. We're like, oh, yeah, we're not done yet. Like, this is where we're supposed to be. So shortly after that, somebody on a bike came by and was like, are you sure you guys okay? We oh. got word that somebody might not be okay. And we're like, nope, we're just really getting our money's worth here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... 
the bike was with us for probably about a mile ish or so. And then I guess they got the hint that we weren't going anywhere. And then shortly after that, that's where the uh, police car then escorted oh. us for probably another mile and a half or so. And I don't know, it was a couple hundred feet behind my rear end. So yeah, on my tail <laughs> is a pretty good description of where he was. <laughs> because you truly run from the police. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was running from the law, literally, yes. <laughs> Which is interesting because my father is a police officer, so right? it'll make a great story. Uh, that's funny. Oh my goodness! And because because I just sorry to interrupt you, Christine, no, but ahead. but Marianne said that like you kind of got the stink eye when one of you had to stop to go use the porta potty or something like that. Yes, yes. And I will throw her right under the bus. That oh. was totally Marianne that had to go to the bathroom. So and it wasn't even like a race porta potty. Somebody must be redoing their bathroom, and it was a porta potty on in someone's driveway. Nice. So. Very I nice. Said, well, you know, we have plenty of time. Um, why don't you just stop? So she like waved to the cop, and I was like, "Sorry." <laughs> and he oh just gosh. sat there looking at us, like, "Okay, so they're really even stopping to take porta potty breaks, knowing that they are, <laughs> and you, you know, you, significantly." And did you yell out, "You're getting double overtime. Be patient." <laughs> I didn't to him, but I did say to Marianne when she came back, "Look, I don't feel sorry. Do you have any idea how much money that guy made to wait for yeah. you to come out of the bathroom? Oh, like, exactly. we're fine." <laughs> right. Right. Oh my goodness. So, so when you're out there and you're in the back of the pack, do you feel like you experience the race differently? Maybe your enjoyment level is different than it would be if you were up in the front of the pack or even a mid-packer? Um Sometimes I want to say yes. Like there's been a couple of times um, I run this, my favorite 10 mile race. It's an all women's race um, that they run every October. And I love being in the back of the pack there because you see, I don't know, four or 5,000 women ahead of you. And it's just this wave of female athletes and it's kind of empowering. And I remember last year looking at the woman next to me saying like, see the people in the front don't get to see that. So there are times where I think I appreciate it more um, there are times when, um, like I just ran, um, the Philadelphia Broad Street 10 miler and I was at mile six and I saw someone walking through this little square wearing their medal, which meant they had time to finish and take the train back. Um, <laughs> and I was at mile six. So there are times like that where I think, are you kidding me? This guy had yeah. time to like finish and take the train and I just passed the halfway point. So yeah. times like that are a little frustrating, but most of the time I think, you know what, I'm just lucky to be out here. I'm fortunate that my body lets me do this and I I can't care about how long it takes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And have you gotten slower or faster the longer you've been a runner and do you work on building your speed? Um, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I would say, so, um, I've been running, I think for about four years and I just beat my half marathon PR, um, nice. in the past couple of months. And that was by about a minute and a half. So I would wow. like to say that I've gotten faster, but I probably stayed the same. And, um, what I think is good for me now is that I'm, uh, training for New York using, uh, another mother runner heart rate training. So at this point, speed doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I've actually even kind of recruited some friends to run with me. So they're all getting slower, which makes me (laughs) feel faster, which is kind of a double win. That's perfect. You have company and they're boosting your ego. That's wonderful. Exactly. I'm like, this is awesome. So 
when you're out there racing, do you play? Give you to kind of play any mind games with yourself? So you know, especially if you if you've got the law on your butt. <laughs> to uh, keep you moving so you don't feel so dejected um you know in that particular instance my goal even though my heart rate training hadn't really started yet i had read enough about it there were waves that had started before me my goal was just to live to my plan because i think mm -hmm. what happens is so many times i go out there and I think this is what I'm going to do. And then I get caught up in the moment and I start out too fast or people start fat passing me and I get mm -hmm. really frustrated. So this time around, the goal was to go out there and just trust the plan. So yeah. my plan was to watch my heart rate. And if it got too high, it was going to slow down. So mm -hmm. where there are moments when the I can hear kind of, you know, the revving of the police car's engine. And I thought to myself, well, my heart rate doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, I thought about it. I thought about just kind of throwing caution to the wind and being like, well, you know, I did what I was supposed to do for 10 miles. Just just not worry about it. Right. And then I was like, no, like you had a plan. Mm -hmm. You're sticking to your plan. Just execute the plan. So I love that. Um, I lo and that's a great piece of advice for everybody is yeah. not to get that let outside influences change you know what what your plan is you still have to run your race so I, I love that that's great and I think sometimes it's not always outside influences sometimes it's what's going on in your well, head absolutely like you start yeah. to think you know like oh uh that you know last mile was 30 seconds slower so now I have to be 45 seconds faster to break even and you know you do that dumb runner math like mm -hmm. just really learning to kind of just live in the moment respect and enjoy the mile that I'm in and know that the next one will be there. Like the race isn't going to stop because I'm at mile 10. Like I can right. just keep going. It's right. a tough lesson to learn and it wasn't always an easy one, but I definitely think the more I pay attention to what I'm doing and the less I pay attention to what's going on around me, the more enjoyable the run becomes. And you, we're supposed to like this, right? Absolutely. So do you have any kind of mental things that you do while you're out there? Do you have like uh, mantras or anything like that that kind of helps you when you uh, might feel like you can't stick to your to your plan? Well, I didn't until um, I recent, I did the Savannah half marathon last year, the rock and roll where mm -hmm. it was, I don't know, 107 in the shade. Oh, and gosh. Uh, mm -hmm. it was, just, it was an awful, I mean, they closed the marathon course. It was just an awful day to be out there. And, you know, in any, no matter what pace you are, I think you, find yourself, you know, with the same kind of pack of people, you're ahead of them, they're ahead of you. And there was this woman running and she was, her feet were hitting the pavement the wrong way. And she was talking to herself and she, I just, she was annoying me and I couldn't get away from her. She couldn't get away from me. And then I started to hear her say, the body achieves what the mind believes. The body mm -hmm. achieves what the mind believes. So all of a sudden I started telling myself, like the body achieves what the mind believes. So thanks <laughs> to some random stranger in Savannah, Georgia, I do now have a running mantra and it is exactly that. Like whether Beautiful. if you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. Yep. So just see yourself finishing and you'll finish. Mm -hmm. I, I love also that, that, that that's like such a East Coast thing. Like that woman totally annoyed you and got under your skin, but you're like, hey, wait yeah. a minute. I got something really useful out of her. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> like you'd I, be begrudgingly grateful. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. Like I was like, oh, I cannot wait to get away from this woman. And then I was like, oh, what did she just say? Now you carry and a piece of her with there. you, you know? Yes. You know, we've all been there where you've had somebody running around you that you, you just can't 
you know, whether it's how they're breathing or they're mm-hmm. spitting or air hanking, you're like, I just want to get away from this person and then just keep keep running back into them. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you mentioned how somebody is breathing because along this journey, I've actually gotten my father, um, who was always someone who was pretty athletic, um, to start running 5Ks. And oh, awesome. we do a couple of 5Ks together. And yeah. I have to tell you, when you can hear your 70-year-old father <laughs> approaching from behind you because of the way he's breathing, and then ultimately passes you with a grin on his face, um, yeah, it's somewhat humbling. Oh, that's so awesome that you can... I love when I hear family members running together. I think that's just a, such a special special memory to create yeah well i would like to say we run together but he often well you know what i mean me. um, yeah. <laughs> maybe not together together but together right. right well awesome well it was really really fun talking with you kelly and good luck with your training for new york with uh the heart rate training plan thanks yeah, so much luck. for having me it was great talking to both of you too thanks bye-bye bye, bye. And our final voice memo comes from MB, she gave her initials, who gives great advice for any runner, no matter what place you finish. Hello, SBS. This is MB Tepper from Northwest Indiana or the Chicagoland area. Last year, I ran a very small race called the Cal City Mini with 45 other runners. I was determined to run my own race and not be rushed. I was going to hold back at the beginning. Problem was, I was the last person and had a van right on my backside the whole way. The positive thing was that all the volunteers, or probably five times the volunteers there than runners, they were all cheering me on. It was great. Even the police that were guarding the intersections, they were all cheering me on. By mile 10, I was making the passes. I came in third to last, and I get, got second in my age group, and I celebrated this victory because it was a race I ran myself, and I didn't worry about coming in last. So, for all you mother runners out there, run your own race. Thanks to you and Dimity, I love these training plans. Well, that was totally fun talking to those ladies. Yeah, they were cute. I liked yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and my gosh, I just love the, I love her story about that chick that she was just like, oh, I need to get away from you. <laughs> that's so, I mean, I like, I heard her say that and I thought there are so many times I'm running next to people in races and you just can't shake them. Like you're just at the same pace or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You just, yeah, for whatever reason, they just like bug you. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I'm also impressed with how much research they do before entering a race. Yes. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that was, that was really Really intriguing to me. So, all right. Well, now let's turn things over to Dear Dimity in the Train Like a Mother Club. Hello, hello. It's Dimity here in Denver with your Train Like a Mother Club corner. I think I've been MIA, or I, I know I've been MIA for one week, and I think it's been two weeks, and I apologize. I can only blame that on the end of school craziness, you know, making sure that I have popsicles at the field day picnic and um, yogurt for the end of day fourth grade brunch and I <laughs> I don't know I can't keep it all straight and so when um, the time comes around to record these and I'm like oh my gosh I missed it um, so I'm really sorry 
Um, but I have some good ones, a good one to help you out today. Um, we have the Stride into Summer Challenge going on right now. It's a five-week program that doesn't have a race at the end. It's all about just making your workouts fun, combining strength and running, and making sure that you kind of stride into summer because as we all know, the heat can sap you, kids' schedules can sap you, vacation can sap you, and all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't run or done anything for myself in three weeks, and dang it, here I am. Anyway, so like I said, it's a mix of workouts, and Gigi um, took on the hills. We have a one, one workout that's a hill repeat workout, and she says, hill repeats for me tonight. Can I just say that was strangely empowering? I tend to get completely unfocused with hills, and they throw me off, usually resulting in a woe is me, I suck, backing off the challenge kind of attitude. But not today. I gobbled up that hill 10 times, and I'm still smiling about it. I'm back, baby. I love that for so many reasons. Um, I think sometimes the... The hard workouts, they scare us, right? I mean, they still scare me. There are days when I look at my workout, I'm like, oh, how am I going to, it's usually a long run these days. How am I going to run long? Or how am I going to do these 800s? Or hill repeats. But there's something that is really beautiful about a workout that has parameters in it and is challenging. Because when you have to go do intervals, say you're doing a minute on, minute off 10 times, right? Like, then all of a sudden, 20 minutes and you're done. It's not like, oh, I've got to go run for 40 minutes and my mind is going to wander and, you know, I'll get it done. But you're kind of focused. You're in the zone. You you know, we were talking about flow a little bit, like you might be flowing. Um, there's good stuff in there. So I just want to say, like, if there is something that scares you, that's probably a good thing. And it'll, it will, <coughs> excuse me. I've been sick too. I've had a little bit of a sinus thing. That's the other thing that's derailed me. Um, the uh, When you go in, you know, you have to focus more, when you have to concentrate more, when you have to actually bang something out and pay attention, you get a bigger sense of confidence and satisfaction at the end of that workout. So take it from Gigi, take it from me. Let's all stride into summer. I'll see you next time. And with all this talk of races, it makes sense to talk up our AMR retreat, Run and Refresh. It's going to be in gorgeous Spokane, Washington, September 22 to 25. The focus of the retreat, in addition to fun and making friends, is the Happy Girls Spokane race on the Saturday of the retreat. And you get to choose to run the 5K, 10K, or half marathon, or be a rah-rah spectator. We'll have numerous experts on hand to give you training and racing advice, including Coach Christine. Woohoo! <laughs> there will be yoga sessions, foam rolling clinics, talks by a sports dietitian, and plenty of time to relax. Relax, ladies. Uh, mm-hmm. Inc- mm-hmm, including exploring Spokane's charming downtown or lounging by the host hotel's lovely pool. For all the details and to register, go to anothermotherrunner.com slash retreat. Again, that's anothermotherrunner.com slash retreat. We really hope you'll join us in Spokane in September. And wherever you finish, many happy miles. <laughs>